Welcome to Cardiology, everybody. Well, here we go. We are headed into the league championship week. So we're looking for some huge matchups in both the AFC and the NFC. So here to kind of talk about these games and how the playoffs have run so far, uh, I have my good friend, Gary Marr. Hi, Gary. How are you doing out there? Hey, Mark. Doing well. Doing well. Well, before we jump into these picks, let's give everybody a little bit of a rundown of the scoreboard. So currently, we're all really bunched together from our uh, postseason picks. So um, last week uh, was a dead even week between myself and the coin. Both of us went two and two. Um, so and then you unfortunately took one extra hit than we did. So you went one and three. So our overall tally at this point is coming in the lead is our coin at six and four over the postseason. I am currently dead even at five and five, and you are just one game behind at four and six. And I think that really just speaks to how great some of these games have been. They've just really, I mean, uh, aside from one blowout last week, all of these games have just really been very close, very well contested. Yeah, agreed. It's been uh, it's been some really good football to watch here in the playoffs, which has been but which has been fun. So uh, yeah, all the games seem pretty competitive. A couple of blowouts here and there, but but generally they've been they've been really good football to watch. Well, and I'm thinking this week is not going to be a whole lot different. So, uh, which of these games would you like to start with, my man? Let's start with the uh, the San Fran and. Philly one. Uh, San Fran are favorites in this one. Uh, they're favored by two and a half, I believe. Uh, so th that's kind of interesting to me that it, that it is that close. Uh, both teams in this particular matchup, I think, it, are pretty evenly matched. And that's, I guess, kind of uh, reflected there in the, the point spread itself. Um, the I think the key in this one is really going to come down to to can San Francisco pass the ball? I mean, they've got um, a, a wide assortment of wide receiving talent. Uh, they've got you know Debo Samuel. You got George Kittle. Uh, you got uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, they they um, you know got some good receivers and such. But the Eagles are pretty good at shutting down uh, the passing game. And you know I think you also got San Fran coming in with with Brock Purdy there, so that's going to put a challenge in front of them. And I really think that's where it's going to going to come down to is is San Fran going to be able to to move the ball uh, through the air at all and uh, continue their you know their offense that they've they've been pretty dominant with here in these last few games. And if, the, if Philly can kind of shut that down, then I think Philly's got a really good chance in this game. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, as I said, he's been kind of a, a real nice surprise. As you get a, a rookie quarterback, um, not only a rookie quarterback, but a late-drafted quarterback, and uh, he's been playing very, very well. But I think this is going to be probably the biggest challenge that he faced here with some of these uh, uh, some of the defenses Philly's going to throw against him. Um, and, you know, and I think one of the big things is he likes to throw a little bit of a longer ball. They like to, to shut that down and uh, are pretty good at that. So he's going to have to, you know, settle for more of those shorter passes across the middle. And, you know, if he does that, then I think he'll be pretty effective. Um, you know, as far as, you know, Philly goes, you've, you've got Jalen Hurts. You've got, um, you know, got some got some rushing going on there. Um 
you know, but they've, they're going up against, a, again, a really good uh, defense in San Francisco that shuts the rundown, which has been one of Philly's you know, strong points, certainly was their strong point last week. So it's kind of a kind of a tale of two cities, if you will. You know, can Philly shut down San Fran's, uh, you know, through the air can San Fran kind of shut down Philly still in the ground both of uh you know strength of San Fran strength of Philly uh playing against each other so it, it, it's going to make for what I think is going to be a really entertaining really good game and San Fran's been part of some of the best games I think this uh uh in the playoffs so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this one that said as I look at this game here I think I'm going to go with with San Fran um I'm going to take the uh the two and a half points uh, for San Fran and uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, I, I too have been like just pouring over the stats of these, these two teams. I mean, they're just so, so close. Um, And these teams, this is really, this is a story of strength against strength uh, going into this game. So you, you have a Philly offense that's, coming in as the number three offense headed up against the San Francisco's number one defense, but it's not a whole lot different on the other side of the ball. So when you're looking at the Philly defense against San Francisco, you're talking about Philly defenses, number eight against San Francisco's number six offense. So these teams are incredibly close. Um, I think this is really going to come down to quarterback play and how they exploit different weaknesses because um as close as these teams are they are both weak in the areas that they probably want to be the most careful with you've got san francisco coming in as number 20 against the pass now you know philly has been noted a lot of what's the talk of jalen hurts has been his ability to run the ball and Mm -hmm. keep philly's running game um chugging but also jalen hurts has shown um to have some weapons himself um, on on that side of the ball and in the passing game. So can they take advantage of San Francisco's, I guess, relative weakness in passing defense? Um, But then against the run, can Philadelphia step up against San Francisco's number two running attack? San Francisco just able to come at them from multiple directions and multiple scenarios and is will philly be able to step up what is their number 17 run defense against that so i i think that there is just a lot of different things in place here um to go through um but i i do think i'm gonna give you a chance to catch up right off the bat in this (laughs) game i am actually gonna go with philadelphia in this game um and it's it's weird, I, I will say for me, because I don't know that I've spent a lot of time paying attention to Philadelphia since um, towards the beginning of the year. Um, but I just feel like they've got their pieces in place. Um, they seem like a team that is just ready to break out. And as much as I feel like Jalen Hurts is still a little bit of an unproven quantity at quarterback, um, I, I'm kind of not ready to say that Brock Purdy is going to be able to pull this one out. He's been great so far, um, but I do think that this is a whole other level of of consistency and playmaking that needs to happen. Um, 
you know, can the Eagles shut down George Kittle? Because let's be honest, if George Kittle got shut down last week, we'd be talking about a whole nother team um, because he really is what helped um, the San Francisco 49ers get hot um, in that game. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with Philadelphia in this one. I'm going to go with the favorite. Interesting. So, yeah, no, that, that, uh, I think that's good that, uh, giving me a chance to catch up. That's off nice, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is interesting. I think you and I looked at two different things as we we're kind of factoring all this stuff. And I really, um, you know, I really hold about this run game on Philly. I was looking at some other stats where you, where we were talking here and you know, Philly last week, they were, they, you know, ran a ton. I think it was 268 yards and they're going up against San Francisco that hasn't allowed more than 60 rushing yards all season, I believe. So it, it really is going to be a, an interesting matchup. That said, the uh, coin uh, this week is going to agree with me. So the coin's on my side, but San Francisco for this pick. Well, either the coin's going to pull farther away from me or you're both going to be crying. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, so that takes us into our AFC championship matchup. So what are we seeing in this particular game? Yeah, this one, you know, uh, this one is Cincinnati versus Kansas City. So Battle of Titans here. Uh, Kansas City's favoring this one by a point and a half. So it's a really, considering uh, they're the home team or whatever it is, kind of an even matchup here, uh, even according to the odds makers. So, you know, but but if you look at the game and you go into this game and you realize, you, you're, you know, you, you probably think to yourself, man, I wish Buffalo had made it. We've seen this this big battle. But really, this is kind of the, the matchup that... It, that I think people really should have been looking for because Cincinnati's beaten Kansas City just about every time they played them. Not just about, I think they've every time they've played them the last couple of years, they've beaten Kansas City and they've been some great games. And the way they've beaten Kansas City is they have been highly, highly effective at shutting down Mahomes. Um, I, I shouldn't say shutting down, uh, controlling Patrick Mahomes. You can't, you can't shut him down, but they, they've certainly done a really good job of controlling him. So you, Certainly in the second half of, of every game that they've played, they've made adjustments and really have uh, slowed the Kansas City offense uh, dramatically in the second half of all the different games they played. Can they keep doing that? Uh, you know, in this game as well, a home game for Kansas City, playoff atmosphere. Uh, you know, time will time will tell this this game will tell. But I think that to me is is the whole key right there, uh, at least uh, in terms of the Kansas City side. They you know, he's Mahomes has got to figure a way through the defense, through uh, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator, who uh, does a great job of just throwing different looks at him, changing things up. And again, has been very effective at, at coming up with a, a way to slow down that that Kansas City offense. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, you've got got another uh, another good offense there. But I think the difference this week, and we talked about it last week and it didn't really come to fruition, is that, you know, Cincinnati's got some injuries on that offensive line. And the I think the only way you can shut or Cincinnati down or slow Cincinnati down is with a pretty good pass rush. And I thought that was going to happen last week due to those injuries. It didn't. But if you really look at it, you know, Buffalo, uh, you know, Buffalo just didn't get it done. Uh, but Kansas City has been one of the better pass rushing teams in the NFL this year. They've um, they've gone strong after that ball. I think they're going to give Cincinnati's uh, front line uh, a bit more of a uh, trouble. And I think they're going to put a lot more pressure uh 
pressure on the offense there. So we'll see if that works and if that comes around. Uh, if if those two things happen, if Kansas City can figure out uh, you know how to keep their offense on track, can get some heat on Cincinnati uh, with the pass rush, then um, then I think you're going to see a. Uh, uh, you know, Kansas City kind of control this game. If it goes the other way and Cincinnati uh, is able to continue to slow down the Kansas City offense and they're able to, you know, continue to, uh, you know, take advantage of their great quarterback, great wide receivers that they've got going on, then uh, I don't think that uh, Kansas City is going to be able to take pull this game out. So that's my, you know, overall overview. As I look at it, I really do think, um, I think stopping Mahomes once, twice is uh, is pretty tough. Or uh, I don't think they're going to be able to do it again. So I think I'm going to go with Kansas City, give up the point and a half, and uh, see them run away with this one. Yeah, this, this is this again. We we've said this for each game. This is an incredibly tough game to pick, and I and I do think. Um, when you're looking at the line on this game, this has everything to do with whether or not you believe that um, Patrick Mahomes is actually truly healthy from this high ankle sprain. Um, did not look good last week when he got hurt. Um, I think everybody is expecting him to be limited. Um, but as of today, recording on Friday, we do not have any injury designation for Mahomes whatsoever. Um, so coming out to start, um, both these offenses just score. Um, they're, they're scoring, they're almost identical. Um, and I think that, you know, you really see, uh, that play out. I mean, the, the Kansas city passing game is just enormous, um, and has really kind of carried them through. Um, whereas, if Cincinnati has a weakness on defense, it's against the pass. Um, and so uh, there is something to be said for how they've played Mahomes in the past. Um, I do think Cincinnati has played extremely well um, through the playoffs, mm -hmm. um, but they continue to be um, very limited in their rushing offense. Come, came into the playoffs as the number 29 rushing team and haven't really been able to put much together on that side of the ball. So um, a really interesting gap in in their performance there. And I, and I wonder if that might be an issue this week. You mentioned the pass rush of Kansas City. Um, when, when, when they know that Joe Burrow is going to be dropping back and trying to go pass for pass against Patrick Mahomes. Does Pat, does Joe Burrow have enough weapons around to make that pass? Because we know, we know Kansas city is loaded. We know that just about anybody on the field can score. Um, we know that Cincinnati has some stars, but we've also seen that they've been very reliant on Joe Burrow on Jamar chase Mm -hmm. Um, and then maybe a little bit of Hayden Hurst. Their their other their other wide receivers have been a little bit quiet um in comparison. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um I think, you know, um I think I too am gonna go with the favorite Kansas City. I I in the back of my mind, I also like the way that team ran when Chad Henney came in. 
and spelled Mahomes, even though it was for just a, a quick series before Patrick Mahomes got himself back on the field. Uh, it was a 90 plus yard drive. Yeah. That impressive. Went right down the field. Um, so they didn't seem to have any fear. Um, and that is something that is just a, a huge benefit going into the playoffs. If Mahomes is hurt and they feel like they can, can still continue to produce with their backup, that would be an enormous play. So I, I think I kind of am with you. I, I, I think Kansas city is going to win this by, by more, uh, I, when they do. And, and, and I do think there's a slight chance that Kansas city pulls a big up big win out of this one. We'll, we'll have to see how that plays out, but um, I'm going to go as well with Kansas city in this game. Yeah. And I think it, you know, I didn't talk about much, but Mahomes injury definitely factors in, but, but outside of that, yeah, I think Cincinnati's given them a, a ton of uh, locker, um, locker billboard material to to really get all fired up for this game. I think the fans are going to be fired up. It's in Kansas City. I think that's going to help a lot too. So I think you're right. There's a potential um, the potential that the Kansas City can make this a much bigger victory, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, it depends on how you feel about like locker room talk. Like I think that I think that Cincinnati got a lot of mileage out of the idea of this phantom coin flip that could have happened, this phantom um, game that could have been played on a neutral field and they've kind of ridden the disrespect card. But I think when you get into this game, um, there's no, uh, Kansas city has done nothing but just beat all comers. So I, I don't know how far that particular form of bravado is going to carry out into this matchup. So, um, I give them a lot of credit. I think, I think Cincinnati's played really well going into this. I was very surprised that they were able to put that win on Buffalo in the way they did. Buffalo just folded in a game that seemed to be right down their wheelhouse. Yeah. Snow, cold, you know, all the people who say, hey, you want to play football out in the cold in the middle of December and then January in the playoffs and you want to be that the cold weather team, it was right there and and it just did not. Um, come to fruition for them um but so i give the bengals a lot of credit but i just i i think i think this is a little bit different than last year um and i just feel like kansas city has shown a a, a better consistency um in their play throughout the year versus last year and i'm i'm looking for them to take a little bit of revenge for last year's upset yeah, agreed. And I think that locker room stuff uh, factors into the into the start of the game. You come out, how pumped up you are, if you can control that and, and channel it into a real successful drive or stop, depending on which side of the ball you're on, uh, then you might be able to keep it going. But if if, if you don't, uh, you get stomped on that first drive, that, that, that bravado is worth nothing at that point in time. You go back to having a, to do it on your own and and rely on ability coaching and all that other stuff so we'll see uh the coin by the way is going to disagree with us so you and i both agreed on kansas city the coin's going to go with cincinnati so we'll see where uh see where that goes for the coin wow so there's a some interesting storylines for us too so you know i i have given you the window to pull even with me heading into the Super Bowl. So we will see how that works out. But we have also given the coin the window to either 
completely pull away from us or potentially fall behind. So that would be, we're, we're just, there should be odds on all of us. Like this should be like the, the, everybody out there listening to, to this must be just like, you know, on the edge of their seat, wondering whether I can pull away from my (laughs) complete embarrassment of a regular season and whether or not we can actually overtake the coin, whether you can go both regular season and postseason, it's going to be interesting. So it'll be cool for you to, for you to win the postseason. You got it. You got a time. You we've got to be tied going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's interesting because yeah, the way the picks went out, it could work out that we're all three tied going into the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, very easily here if uh, uh, Philly Philly wins and and if. Uh, Kansas City wins. I, I make up my two. I'm down to the coin. I uh, <laughs> make up the one. I'm down to you, and we all just sit there tied with the, the big game on the line. So that I'm hoping that's the outcome. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That that would be fun. Well, it's it's been a really cool season leading up to this. I think you know one of the things just you know from from our wheelhouse to talk is I, I think that by watching a lot of these playoff games. We've gotten even more of a feel of what was missing um, from our Brown season and and what we're looking for. And I know that there's been a lot of chatter in Cleveland about, you know, are we really anywhere near close to these teams or are we way off? And and I think that, you know, I continue to just kind of piece together that I, I think we're closer than we might imagine but that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't make that switch over that easy. I think that, um, you know, the, we, we talked about it last week, the hiring of, of Jim Schwartz, I think is, is a big piece. How he fills out that staff will be a big piece. Um, and then h- how we manage free agency, where we're going to, where we're going to put all our, all our push um, because the, the draft is not going to be the place where we're going to find, you know, uh, sure thing um, players we're going to have to be a lot more creative in how we draft and how that goes through so um, but I think as you watch all these teams I think that there's a lot to be um, happy about and a little bit nervous about I think the the quarterback play is just off the off the hook in and and the fact that Brock Purdy has been as solid as he's been in his games. I mean, he's the number two passing quarterback in the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not, this is not a situation where he's just managing this offense and just kind of hoping not to lose. Now, I think that um, there are times when it looks like that's what he needs to do. Um, and he seems to have a really good knack for switching that gear which I don't know that a lot of quarterbacks have. He seems to have a very good feel for what he can accomplish and what he's supposed to accomplish. And I, I, I feel like I've noticed that in a couple of games where it just switches back and forth. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, if Sam Pran continues on, I mean, Brock Purdy is definitely going to be the story of the postseason. And he, he's evidence, too, that, you know what, at draft when you – you know, we don't have first round draft picks, but hey, you can sometimes uh, do pretty well with some of those later round picks if you're smart and you, you kind of stick to a plan and and you give them time to develop and coach well and, and put the right pieces around people. And he's kind of it's so far been a product. I mean, long term will tell. We've had we've had one year wonders before, too. So you never know. But um, 
but right now, yeah, he's looking really, really sharp uh, skills-wise. But as you said, I think really more impressively, he's poised. He knows he's doing what he needs to do. He's switching those gears, and that's uh, that's not something you expect from a rookie and certainly not something you expect from a rookie that's that's drafted that late. Well, and you know what? You make a great point in the idea of, you know, you can find talent anywhere. It's about the coaching. And I think as, as you look at the Browns going into the draft – to me, that just screams, we need to pick Jim Schwartz's ears and brain, and we need to know exactly what players he styles he wants to coach up and what he's looking for. Because if, if from an offensive perspective, even without the if, – if you take out the fact that we're still um, – have Kevin Stefanski as the offensive coordinator and calling the plays, but we've also pretty much locked in the offense, right? So the players, the players on the offense are the players on the offense. So, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's not, not should not be a player that you need to coach up. You need, he's a player who should be performing for, for the level of, of player that he is. Nick Chubb doesn't need to be coached up, just needs to be supported. So I don't know that you're making a ton of ground with the offense. Yeah, it maybe is a wide receiver, but, so, but that's about it. Yeah, but I mean, and it, but even there with the wide receivers, it comes down to what is going to be the value in free agency and what's going to be the value in the draft because uh, you can find these players. You know, one of the reasons Brock Purdy is successful is because of the way Kyle Shanahan is able to relate his offense and re- and coach him up. Because you don't become the last pick of the seventh round just completely by accident. Like, so, so obviously his tape at Iowa State did not show you this much. However, he obviously has the characteristics that his coach was interested in. So for me, I think it's all about what kind of characteristics does Jim Schwartz want in our key positions like defensive line, like linebacker. And even if it's fourth round, fifth round, sixth round picks, gotta be nailing those characteristics. Like I, yeah. I honestly feel I've, I'm a bit, I'm a big believer in how the, the Browns kind of draft and typically use their different guardrails to prepare for the future as well as the present. But considering where the Browns are, I feel like if they don't draft for the present and they don't draft for what they need right now, that they're going to have, we're going to have more challenges this year. So, so I really, um, I'm looking for them to follow some of these models, get, get the, get the players you need. um, Not just what seems to um, be an, an interesting pick. I don't want to see as much as I love them. I don't want to see an Emerson in the second round again. I don't want to see, you know, us suddenly picking from a position where we're way out of left field. I want, I want right. to, you, you said wide receiver. Um, I've been thumping the drum for defensive line, both like, I don't want to see a pick out of those two uh, out of any position other than those two linebacker um, major way. Well, yeah. I mean, a line, I, I have, I'll be honest, the linebacker talent is something that probably as we had get closer towards the draft, that I'm going to have to spend a lot more time looking at what the linebackers are like coming out of college. Cause I think one of the big challenges that the NFL is facing and, and we're facing is that I think our defense screams for a more prototypical 
typical linebacker to help anchor the athletic linebackers that we have. And I just don't know how many of those prototypical linebackers keep coming out of the out of college anymore. And yeah. so the question will be, you know, where is that guy? Where is the availability of that guy, especially when you have such a glaring hole at defensive line? So if you if you are looking at the idea that the defensive line is a, let's say, the free agent target, and you're going to spend money there, um, you're probably going to look for a little bit of depth in the draft. But then when you're trying to find, in turn, your you know wide receiver help, whatever else, I just don't know what what kind of big thumper linebackers are going to be available. So that's going to be one that I, that's going to be a position that I'm going to have to do a lot of a lot of research to try to see who's out there, who's going to be available in those rounds, and who might be um, something that we can grab hold of. But uh, it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting offseason. It's going to be different, but it is definitely going to be an interesting offseason. We will definitely get more into those conversations. We're probably, um, you know, spoiling a little bit of our conversations, but we still have plenty to talk about when we wrap this season up. Um, for all of you out there, as a reminder, um, Gary and I will be coming to you one more time. Um, uh, we will uh, be probably taking advantage of, of the week the week leading into the Super Bowl. So um, we will wait and, and make sure we make our pick closer to Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but uh, after Super Bowl Sunday, you should look to um, catch all of the cardiology guys. We'll be trying to get back on. Um, we'll bring back Chris. We'll bring back Sean. Um, and Gary will be joining me and we will kind of put our final thoughts on what has been um, a disappointing Brown season in 2022-2023, and then a lot of question marks and a lot of um, hope going into 23-24. So we hope you'll continue to hang with us. Um, Gary, we'll, uh, I'm sure you and I will text back and forth this weekend as we watch this, this closeness of these games. Um, but for everybody out there, um, thanks for tuning in to us. As always, you can check us out on our website at www.cardiologycle, that's cardiology with a K, C-L-E.com. Um, also on your favorite streaming services, whether they are Amazon, Apple, or Spotify, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We hope you're enjoying these playoffs as much as we are. I know we're not all enjoying it as much as we would if a certain orange and brown team was in there. Um, but lots of really good football still being played. So enjoy your last couple of weeks of football out there, everybody. Gary, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Mark. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.